and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And we are coming to you today from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, we have a really special episode for you today. We're going to run down the news really quick, and then we're going to talk to you a little bit about what we've been doing yeah. here. We didn't just go on vacation. We did some stuff. No, we did things. <laughs> we I recorded a lot of video. Yeah. Well, if yeah. you go to the Betches Sup Instagram, you'll see our entire journey, but we're going to talk you through that journey but, here But today. first, the news. The news. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll start. Yeah. So, just a quick uh, midterms update. There were a bunch of primaries this week. Um, Arizona, uh, they were going to replace uh, Jeff Flake's Senate seat, and Martha McSally got the Republican nomination, which is kind of a good thing because she's like the least crazy like she was up against joe arpaio and if you all remember yeah. joe arpaio is the is the guy that got pardoned by trump for shackling pregnant women in like Im- pregnant immigrants together and basically yeah. in, like kept he, them in he like may or may not degree. have killed a dog like yeah like a lot of yeah he's up for craziest man in america for sure yeah mm-hmm. and and then um then the democratic nomination went to kirsten cinema which is all exciting because this is the first time that Arizona will have a female senator. So yeah, no matter what happens, we hope. Yeah. Oh, right, no matter they're <laughs> one of them. Yeah, because <laughs> they're both women. women. Okay, um, and apparently, Cinema does have a narrow lead over McSally in the polls, mm. but McSally has already started running some pretty, pretty intense ads yeah. against Cinema. She's basically painting her as like she has this one ad that's like, "Where were you on 9-11? I was flying fighter jets while Kirsten Cinema was protesting my service. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh my like, God. oh no. It's like really well, coming shit, out there. This is like the time when all these like intense aggressive ads are gonna yeah. start coming out and you're gonna be like, What the fuck? We oh. should run like an award ceremony for which ad is the craziest. Oh, that's and, like not a feature bad, one yeah. in the yeah. feature one in the email like every yeah. week. Well I, sh- I like remember I was visiting my uh, grandparents in like Bumblefuck pennsylvania no offense to mm-hmm. anyone who lives there um <laughs> to our good friends from bumblefuck <laughs> our good friends from bumblefuck and i just remember seeing that their political ads were just like so like propaganda nuts the texas gop like tweeted out a thing about beto o'rourke the other day that was like oh, yeah, yeah yeah it was like beto o'rourke can't debate because he's got a gig and it was like a picture of him in a band from like college and he just like looks sexy yeah I'd yeah like, and then everyone was going after him. They're like, "What are you doing? Like, you're 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 going after him for like having friends and being cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, he looks cool. Like, yeah, like what? Wow, Beto O'Rourke had friends in college. You know who didn't have friends in college? Ted, Ted Cruz. Cruz, which is true. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. he, he is that one. Um, his old college roommate is yeah. like this like famous like writer. I guess mm-hmm. he's like very like outspoken on Twitter. And he just like shits on Ted Cruz and how much of a terrible person he was. Yeah. Well, everyone from like Ted Cruz's past life does that. So it's just really funny for them to like lean into I, like Ted I, Cruz. Has I no want to know who actually likes Ted Cruz in his life. His I, wife, maybe. I don't know. He like, remember he she elbowed her in the face. <laughs> True. And he didn't defend her when Donald Trump tweeted about how she was ugly. Yeah. And then his like, he tried to kiss his, the, my, one of my favorite gifs is him trying to kiss his daughter. And she's like, so she, disgusted by him. She's like, yeah. get away from me. <laughs> well, speaking of better overwork, I know know we were discussing last night that we're not sure who is really going to be like the potential democratic contender for 2020 uh-huh. and i actually have heard more times in the past like 24 hours than ever before that better o'rourke is a strong possibility oh. yeah he has to win in texas first though yes that's win. true he's gotta get let's get him into the senate and then 
send him to the White House. I, mean, I think he could do it. Not necessarily. If he lost, which I don't want to happen, he could still run. He you could run know. for another office. He could run for president. Yeah, I mean, anyone can run for president, I mean, yeah. as we've seen. So if you're 35 <laughs> right. and an American citizen. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Wait, can a felon join? No. no. Okay. I feel like they can't. Okay. They can't and even he, vote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> they wouldn't be able to vote for themselves. That's wrong, and we should actually change that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> another primary update um, in Florida, uh, Ron DeSantis won the Republican nominee for governor. And he will be up against Andrew Gillum. And a lot of people are seeing this as like a referendum with uh, like if like Bernie had won like the Democratic nomination, like if it was um, Bernie versus Donald Trump. Yeah, because, this is like. Yeah, because Ron DeSantis was backed by Trump. Andrew Gillum was backed by Bernie Sanders. He uh, he won the nomination over some more like middle leaning uh, Democrats. He's like uh, more progressive. Yeah. And um, Ron DeSantis. Has already been he, racist. Yeah, yeah he like as soon as Andrew Gillum won, he was like, "Yeah, he quoted his I quote have the was quote. like the last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. That is not going to work. It's not going to work, or not going to be good for Florida." Yeah, and monkey this up obviously is some coded. Yeah, there's definitely a racial connotation attached language. to it. He also like talks about how, um, like, he said something about how he's so articulate. And he's like, or it's like, he's like surprised that he's well-educated. And it's like, oof. right. That's because you're racist. Like you're so racist that you don't even realize that your comments are racist. Uh, it's just. Yeah. I mean, you'd luck. think they would have learned that you can't compare people yeah. to apes, like from all the times they did to Michelle Obama. But then again, and their Roseanne. base likes it. Roseanne oh, yeah. lost her damn job. Oh, right. Yeah. Remember yeah. Roseanne. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> have I we can't... already forgotten yeah. Roseanne? <laughs> I honestly had to go way further back into my memories of, um, chimpanzee references. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, there's actually a really recent incident where this was, we talked about this. Right. I can't believe that was like a week of our lives and now it's just in the past. Yeah. But um, still love Laurie Metcalf though. Yeah, Laurie Metcalf, she's great. Honestly, John Goodman. Yeah, g- great. It's not He's their solely fault. in Monsters Inc. I mean, you yeah, love him. I mean, yeah. Well, I think we should also mention some more crazy things about Ron DeSantis, like his commercials. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, he did that ad where it's like, uh, it's his wife being like. My husband, Ron DeSantis, is not only a great politician, he's also a great dad. He teaches our daughter, Mackenzie, how to talk. And then it's him telling, <laughs> teaching her, like, make America great again. And then he teaches her how to build a wall with Legos. And then he's like, he's like, and she reads her bedtime stories. And it's him being like, and then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I uh, love that part. And it's him reading Art of the Deal. It's and bad. we all live happily ever after. Yeah. And then she ends it by saying, just thought you should know. <laughs> like, oh, like, what the fuck? That is not sexy. It's really creepy. <laughs> okay, so that was your midterm update. We just want to remind you that Betches Sup is partnering with Rock the Vote to get you guys registered. So here is your reminder to go to betches.co slash vote to register. Those are all very easy words. You should be able to spell them. Yes. You can do it. You can do it. Or if you and sign really- up for the Sup newsletter, we put that link in there every damn 
Yeah. At the top. At the top. And also, they really are great. Like, they eat, they they text you when there's a primary. They text you when where your polling place is. So, it honestly just makes everything incredibly easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, even if you're, you know that you're registered, you could go on and get set up with them anyway. And then they'll just remind you when you have stuff coming up, tell you exactly where you need to be. Like, it's also helpful if you are already a registered voter. Right. It's, my, it's like my fitness pal for voting. Yeah. Log your yeah. calories. <laughs> yes. You walked over 10,000 steps today mm-hmm. yes okay next story um betsy devos is fucking with campus sexual abuse rules mm-hmm. um she is taking a break from giving teachers guns mm-hmm. and taking away money so that they can go to religious schools and she is preparing to release new rules in september that strengthen the rights of students accused of sexual abuse and limit the college's liability in these cases so basically they're narrowing the definition of sexual abuse from like any sort of inappropriate sexual behavior to something that occurs only on campus and only in a way that is so egregious and terrible. I don't have the exact wording, but it's in this up that basically it prevents someone from like participating in school activities um, rather than just it being about well, our TV Whoa, our the TV news just, just turned. Out. You guys, a ghost just turned on the news in our hotel room. Like, <laughs> like actually, for no reason, <laughs> Sammy's TV yeah. just turned on. Um, they're showing it's MSNBC. They're showing John McCain's. That's the funeral. only thing I watched. Yeah. Right? Isn't it weird that the TV just turned on to John McCain's funeral? Yeah, like, I don't it, like, know. it was John McCain. <laughs> yeah, he was like, talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. His funeral is today. Okay. Okay. So back to Betsy and her bullshit. Um, so basically, they're raising the standard of proof so that it's harder for uh, people who are accusing you know sexual predators to prove that it actually happened so under the obama administration the rules were set at a standard called preponderance of evidence meaning that it like likely happened happened and now they're raising the standard so that it has to be basically like without beyond a reasonable doubt yeah um which is like similar to murder with, cases with sammy wrote men's rights activists say this tips the odds in favor of the accuser and i just think when anything any sentence starts with men's rights you just like have to stop yeah <laughs> like, and that's yeah. coming from brian yeah. our yeah. resident man yeah. <laughs> one yes. of the one of the craziest things about this though is that they're actually going to allow um accused students to cross-examine their accuser which the obama administration said was like aggressively traumatizing yeah yeah like imagine if someone like raped you and then they cross-examined you that at at, like a a mediation or something yeah i mean that's insane and also like one of the like really creepy like insidious parts of this is the idea that like it has to have happened on campus for the school to give a fuck because i know personally like at my school at ud like on and off campus was so basically the same thing yeah yeah like like i lived off campus and they went to parties quote unquote off campus but they were all still like right all University of Delaware students, they were basically University of Delaware student events. Like all of it was like a hodgepodge, like within the city of like on and off campus. So does that mean like if a guy assaults you at a party at an off campus house, the school can't do anything? Like it has to happen at a dorm? Like that's... Yes, that is basically what it means. Yeah, so that's like a whole other thing because I imagine a large amount of assaults happen at these like off-campus technically parties. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the off-campus only exists because there is an on-campus. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, there is no off-campus yeah. without on-campus. Yeah. So these these things, they're basically just trying to, li- to limit the liability of the schools and make it harder for people who are are victims. It's so crazy because rape is, like as we know, one of the most underreported 
like crimes. It's also one of the hardest crimes to prove beyond a shadow of doubt because it is something that happens behind closed doors in like these kind of shady situations. It's like there's just there, there's so much about it that like this rule makes it very difficult. Right. And it's also a lot of times victims don't like go get a rape kit because that's traumatic. Yeah. yeah. And even if they did it, you couldn't necessarily prove that it wasn't consensual. Yeah. And also like people after like, even if like they're after the rape, they want to shower immediately after and you can't do that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? If you want to get a rape kit and they're like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. You're also just not in the right mindset also, to think about. Also, if it was yeah. like a date rape situation where you were like blacked out or like... Which you know, is a lot of which these is cases. A lot of these cases. It Sometimes it takes you like... it. Uh, there are a lot of cases where it took the woman like even several weeks to like really figure out exactly what happened. It's not like you wake up immediately after that and you're like, I was raped. I need to go to the police right now. Like a lot of times there's, I mean, even if we look at like what's been going on with the Catholic church, there are people who waited like, like some of the victims are like 80 years old. And it's the first time they're speaking about what happened to them. Or those like kids at the Ohio state wrestling. Yeah. Is that Ohio state or is it? I don't know. Wherever Jim Jordan works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really not a climate that's good for accusers. Um, Should we move on to our next story? So I'll, I'll take this next one. Um, and, it's surprise, quite a Hitlery story. Yeah, there's definitely some Hitlery vibes going on. Hillary. Hitlery. Very yeah. different. Um, well, actually, only Although depending they, on what circles you're speaking. Yeah. Right. I feel like in those circles, they nicknamed her like Hit- Hitlery. Hitlery. But oh. we mean Hitler E. Honestly, I never saw that. And that that's a, a missed endear- opportunity for that. I thought that was a term of endearment from them. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So the Washington Post just came out with a really disturbing story um basically they're reporting that uh hispanic citizens in border states so like texas arizona you know the border Mm -hmm. states uh have been having like when they are applying for passports they've been having their passport applications denied and the state department is basically accusing them of having a fraudulent birth certificate and so this has happened when people who are a lot of times natural born U.S. citizens, literally just Hispanic people, they apply and then they're like, actually, we think you have a fake birth certificate. They can then have sometimes ended up going to immigration detention centers from this. They've also began deportation proceedings against some of these people. And some people who are Mexican Americans who travel to Mexico have been denied entry into the U.S. when they've tried to come back in, even though they have a U.S. passport, because the Trump administration is basically saying... And it's this is like so creepy. They're saying like we think that all of these people from like 1975 to 1990, we think there was an influx of false birth certificates that nurses were giving people fake U.S. birth certificates in border states. So now they're just like blanketly accusing Hispanic citizens of having fake birth certificates and are moving to strip them of their citizenship. That is ridiculous. If that doesn't send a fucking chill down your spine, I mean, I think that that is very analogous to when they started taking away Jews rights in the Holocaust, where like, it was like, you're, you have to wear a star. You yeah. can't make money. You have to label your business. Yeah. Like all these things that seem small because they're only happening to a small group of, t- of cases right? in like one area. Hispanics in border States now. But well, that's where like all the Hispanics live a, a lot of yeah. the time. Like, like it's like Jews in New York. It's like you t- go to the place where these 
groups live most and the most dense areas of them and then that's where you start and also this is like the pilot program for what this is like their beta testing this idea well it's like you know like i was listening to eva longoria talk about this people have been told her to like go back to where you're from and she's like i'm from the united states like when Texas became the United part of the United States from Mexico, I, my my ancestors were living here. Yeah, so like, like I'm actually I've been here longer than I've you. I've been bitch. here longer than you. Like I don't know what to tell you. And like that's just nuts. I know. I read that and I was like, well, nice knowing you guys, Brian. <laughs> did we? Yeah, that's what Elise texted me after I sent her that article to include uh, in the sub <laughs> I was today. Like, well, great, Brian. Did we break that news to you just now? Yeah, you did. It just came out this morning. Yeah, so. it's. I mean that is truly creepy and my hope is that i mean it did just break this morning so my hope is that this makes enough traction that we have like a similar situation to family separations or something where like well i've been i've been watching msnbc all morning and it has not been on well it took a little bit after the family separation news broke that's true it like became it, it was basically like that um that tape had to come out of the kids crying right. yeah and then it like really popped off so Whatever, I, wor- I, I worry that this isn't sensational enough that it's not that like people don't get like it. people reacted to the family separation because it was like you heard baby and you saw kids being separated. Yeah. This I is think like there would have to be like a poster child case. I mean, the Washington so, Post article, they're talking a lot about this guy who literally served in the army for many years. He's a U.S. citizen and they denied his passport and were like, we think you have a fraudulent birth certificate. So are they basically, is there a basis that this person is brown and has a Hispanic sounding last name? Like how are they picking that they like these false birth certificates? It's been happening. I think based on the article, it's been happening mainly to like Mexican Americans. And yeah, the, the premise is that they say that between like some odd years from like the seventies to the nineties, nurses in border states were giving fraudulent birth certificates so i think it's basically this way that they're going to be like even people who have u.s citizenship they're going to be like you have to prove your birth certificate is real which is like how do you do that reminds me of something proving your birth (laughs) we need the long form it's like how do you prove that it's real if they just say the one that you have is fake yeah it's like this is this is right there's really no way do you need a picture of my mom walking into the hospital and then walking out holding me like i you know like i like the proof that your birth certificate is real is that you have the birth certificate yeah right right it is so So they're just saying it's a fraudulent document it's like it's like the birther movement for everyone yeah i mean yes it literally is for well for hispanics Right. So anyway, stay yeah. tuned, guys. I'll be I, coming at you from Cuba in the <laughs> near future. Um, <laughs> Go back to where you came from. Yeah, always. exactly. Okay. Um, Should we talk about our experience here? Yeah. 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 Okay. So we per. So just a bit of news that has also been out this week, just mm-hmm. to segue into the Puerto Rico discussion. Um, it came out yesterday or two days ago that the death toll from Hurricane Maria, which happened almost a year ago, um, has been increased to two thousand nine hundred seventy-five. The previously reported number was 64. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And after, I guess, speaking to people here and, and hearing about the experience, I understand why they were able to to delude themselves into thinking that it was such a low death toll because yeah. the recovery has been so incompetent that yeah. getting yeah. a number on that must have been completely impossible. Well, yeah. so this is from uh, George Washington University. Mm-hmm. This a study came from them. So it's not like Puerto Ricans are just saying it, but like the, right. the governor of Puerto Rico, like, requested it i guess is yeah the right term. commissioned commissioned study. it but um 
it comes from George Washington University. And it is interesting. So obviously we've been here. We've been talking to a lot of people. We were working with World Central Kitchen to meet people, talk about the recovery effort. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we heard from a lot of people that was, was just like getting accurate information about yeah. what was happening was extremely difficult. Like they had no forms of communication for like days, weeks yeah. afterwards. Like they didn't know, like I was talking to this, we were talking to this one kid, he's like 22 and he was saying like he has cousins who live like on like a couple miles away and he like, and there's no way to get there because all the roads are covered with trees and he couldn't call them or talk to them. So he didn't even know if they were alive or not. Yeah. Well, something else that he said that I thought was crazy regarding communication was that he was, so he worked on a farm. Basically mm -hmm. we went to a farm yesterday that was a partner for world central kitchen that mm -hmm. helps supply them food. And basically he was saying that he was texting his friends, to, like explain to them how to grow, grow food yeah. so that they yeah. could eat literally because they couldn't get food. Yeah. So he was, so basically it took him five months to get power back but then after he finally did and could get in touch with people occasionally what he was doing was telling them how to grow food and they they're all saying they still lose power they yeah. still lose power at least once a week at yeah the, when we were at the farm yesterday they were running off a generator because they had lost power this morning yeah so yeah this idea that they have power back is is not is true, I guess, for the most part, it's an improvement, but it's not stable. The infrastructure is still extremely weak, yeah. and like you said, they're run. They said they lose power at least once a week. There's there's places that don't have power back, but they're also because people aren't going back there. People like aren't going back to live there because they just like the cost of rebuilding is just not worth it right now for them. Well, one of the things, another, another, um, other people we interviewed were these two women who run a food truck park. Yeah. And they're also food truck park, which is like, if you're in San Juan, go. So oh my God, it was, good. we all got different things and they were all delicious. Yeah. yeah. So they were saying, so they, they were also a partner of world central kitchen and had, and were literally driving into remote areas every day to bring them food. So something that they said that really stuck with me is that they, the way that this recovery has been handled is that they fix things by not fixing them, mm -hmm. essentially yeah. implying that the government or whoever is just going to let things go so that people find other solutions and other ways of managing. Yeah. And yeah. that there's basically like the, the, the electrical pole right outside of the food truck was still down. Yeah. yeah. So they, they literally, and they're in central San Juan. Yeah, yeah. They pointed out during our interview and they were like, yeah, we have electricity in the food truck park now, but look right over there that pole is still all fucked up and like lo and behold there it is like just a down yeah. pole and I, really right in the middle of San Juan yeah literally yeah so one of the things that I feel like we've taken away from this is that it, rather than relying on anyone else they've just been they've just had to fix things themselves and yeah. essentially make like a grassroots recovery for an entire island of people yeah. and that I mean it's scary but it's also been really inspiring to talk to a lot of people like when we were talking to Efren at the farm he was talking about how people have started to really rely on like growing their own food, actually yeah. learning about farming, mm -hmm. buying local food because before the hurricane, I think he said something about like 85% was food was imported from yeah. like outside of Puerto Rico. And this was sort of like a wake up call to people being like, we can't be importing this much of our food yeah. because if a hurricane happens, then 85% of because our food is, yeah, here. and like supermarkets were completely empty for weeks. Um, there was no clean water. They had to go to like aqueducts to get water to and then bring it back if they wanted to shower. Like, 
yeah, yeah. and figure out how to filter it yeah and on the on their own yeah yeah uh so the two women at the food truck park yamar and yarelli were saying that um one of them has a food truck called yummy dumplings which love yeah so but she couldn't make any of the yummy dumplings until january so remember maria happened in september we're almost at a year Mm -hmm. she could not restart her food truck until january because it was just impossible for her to like get the ingredients have enough power have enough water to even make the dumplings so it's like that's her livelihood that is just put on pause kind of indefinitely until it's like okay well i guess when we get this ingredient these ingredients we'll, i'll be able to start my business again yeah. right and I, I also thought it was interesting how yarelli was saying how early on when they were first starting to be able to get their food trucks up and running again for the purpose of feeding people who couldn't get food not even for business purposes yeah. really yeah. she was saying that she would wake up at three in the morning to go like basically scavenge for food like you would yeah. have to hunt it down you would have to find out where there was food and that they they completely changed everything that they were making before because they just didn't have the ingredients yeah. anymore she said she made went one day she made um a, like a meat rice dish with canned meat and just rice and people were like so thankful just for that like thank you so so much because she was saying the issue was it wasn't that they didn't have money everyone had money to pay for their food and get what they needed but if there's no food to buy it doesn't matter right yeah and it's also another thing that they were talking about these two women also were like amazing we were really like like, so inspired by them we can't wait to show you guys the interview that we have with them But um, one of the other things that they were talking about was like for those months that they didn't have power, they were running the entire food truck park off of a generator, which is extremely expensive. So it's like your livelihood is damaged because you can't get enough food to like actually sustain the food truck park. And then on top of that, your overhead is like huge because you're running on generators. Right. Which I think they said was three times more expensive than actual power. Also, they their hours of business were more limited because mm-hmm. they instituted a curfew in San Juan. It was like six o'clock because mm-hmm. it was too dangerous when it was it was pitch it's pitch because black. There was no light. There was yeah yeah. So they described basically situations where they felt like they were in danger because it was too dark and the people there were kind of and were you, sketchy. You would get arrested if you were even caught being out past that time. Yes, and that went for food, oil, and gas trucks as well. So yeah. like people who were delivering supplies also had to stop at 6 p.m. So it's like the hours of operation for the island were just like cut. Yeah, I, something that was shocking, but I guess not like news, is that we asked them how law enforcement had handled it and they were basically just like, not at all they laughed they were like are you (laughs) what they did they couldn't they they were unable yeah and i mean the truth is that so we also asked efren from the farm a lot about the relationship with the united states and puerto rico which i felt gave a lot of really good background Mm -hmm. for how they had ended up in the situation without any help so it seems like puerto rico is essentially just run as like a business slash source of revenue for the united states by because of the fact that they pay federal taxes but it's not it doesn't always go in the opposite direction yeah so the united states helps them or is supposed to help them but i guess there's really no check on whether or not they do because in this situation they didn't help them so exactly they pay state and federal taxes like the same as all of us right when he was saying how beforehand the infrastructure before maria was fucked yeah like there the roads and the buildings were not 
a lot of people did not have the supplies to build a house that would withstand a hurricane, let alone the hurricane that they had. Like we couldn't, we can't even register how strong Hurricane Maria was because it was more than a Category Five, and also it ripped the wind meters out of the ground. Like yeah, yeah, it was nuts. And I mean, we it were was just like this one goes up to eleven, kind of. It was like this <laughs> this hurricane yeah. is like yeah. so powerful, it's like beyond actually. And we the forget scale. that. They were hit by Irma two weeks before that. So they were already kind of like, it wasn't as intense or bad, but like it was still not great. Right. They said that they ha- are generally prepared for hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Like they happen a lot. There's, they said, I think there was like five, there's usually five a season mm-hmm. and they'll lose power for maybe like two or three days. So they're prepared for that, but they were not prepared to lose power for Months. Three to twelve months. Yeah. yeah, he said that Efren said that it took like a hundred and seventy-seven yeah. days to get the farm back to operational. Um, and then, as we said, like the food trucks yeah. were a lot of it was down, not operational until January. Like that. I mean, just imagine if your income was randomly ripped away from you for six months and what that would right. do to your yeah. like ability to sustain well, a life. But you also don't even know like when it's going to come exactly. back. It's exactly. not like, Oh, at the end of the six months I'll be fine. Like you don't, you can't plan. It could be, you don't know how long yeah, it could they be. They're also no just idea. saying like they, people were bored. They didn't know what to do. Yeah. Because like, it wasn't also just about like, it was about money obviously, but like what, there was nothing to do. Well, I, I thought it was interesting when Hoymar and Yareli were describing. So once they got their food trucks back to being operational, they basically brought, they would drive every day to these remote areas. I think they mentioned they had one town called Punto de Santiago, mm-hmm. I think it was, that they would just go to every single day. But they said that when they arrived there, the pe- for the first time, people were so shocked that anyone had come to help them. She said they were sick, they had infections. Yeah, conjunctivitis. Yeah, there were so many things well, it was, yeah that like what leads to the higher death toll is because people were dying of diseases that you shouldn't really be dying of right yeah. they, they weren't dying like immediately so maybe in the immediate aftermath 64 people were like were pa- drowning yeah. were drowned or hit by debris right but this is like people who are on dialysis yeah or, who didn't have they were in a hospital that yeah. didn't have power and yeah. then like they can't they can't live they can't live or like they can't get the medicine that they need to survive or they didn't have access to clean water like like there were just so many deaths because of it's honestly a very similar situation to Katrina this is actually a higher death toll than Katrina Yeah. yeah but it's like do not be not being ready at the at the onset infrastructure wise and then also just like so much unpreparedness in the aftermath yeah and they were saying like they didn't know how how actually bad it was until Jose Andreas came and told them because like they, they, they could think, I mean, Puerto Rico is a very big island. Yeah. And so they, they mean, they, they could tell how bad it was around them, but they had no idea that it was the entire Puerto Rican island. Yeah. And that goes back to the fact that like you're cut off from electricity, you're cut off from news, your cell phone is cut off. Like they did not have access to a lot of the like we had all this information immediately about like all the stuff that happened but actual puerto ricans on the island did not have access to that information because they were not they weren't online yeah so i mean this has been a really crazy experience um we are posting more about it on our instagram story if you guys want to know more and we're also going to be releasing a video um for the anniversary Mm -hmm. which is september 20th yeah with more info and details and all this stuff yeah i do like i think that um overall like everyone we everyone we met 
um, was so friendly and so nice. Yeah. yeah. And the, their like main message to uh, us and you know mainland US is that like like we're they're open for business. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come visit Puerto Rico. It is so beautiful. The peop- the food is delicious. We eat a lot of amazing food. Yeah. <laughs> um, the people are so nice. The it's so beautiful. It's just a, it's a, I I can't wait to come back yeah that was like the overarching message from everyone was like please don't stay away from puerto rico like come here come for vacation go to the resort come to the marriott where we're staying yeah Yeah. i do think we should give a shout out to the marion san juan which provided us free stays for here for two nights while we were here and it is a very nice hotel and they have a really beautiful pool and the pool has a slide and yeah yeah at least i both went down the slide (laughs) i did go down the slide (laughs) the beach is just like so lovely the water is warm it's just it's amazing. And that is a way to help. Like, come spend your money here. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Buy yeah. food like the from the Miramar Food Park. Go visit... Fru- uh, gua- oh, my God. I'm, what? like, forgetting. Frutos del, del Guacabo. Frutos del yeah. Guacabo. They said that they accept volunteers. People mm-hmm. come there to, you know, work on the farm. Elise and I picked, like, a few peppers. Yeah. They're really good. You can, if you look at <laughs> my Insta story, you'll think that I picked truly thousands of peppers. <laughs> but right. I did pick some peppers. Here's the thing. We would have, like, done more. We went there expecting to yeah. do, like, a full day of farming. But it ended up that we were just getting footage and seeing yeah. the yeah. island. And, and we got and then, a really yeah. cool tour. Yeah, Efren gave us a really great tour. He drove around with his son. It was it was fun. Yeah. yeah. So this has been an amazing experience. If you guys have any questions, email us at sup at betches.com. Mm-hmm. Follow, follow us on betches underscore sup on Instagram. Um, and we're, of course, as always, doing stickers for screenshots. Yeah, so yeah. if you screenshot... Okay. A lot of people DM asking, how do I get the stickers? I'm like, how many fucking times? <laughs> I feel like crazy. Someone, someone DM'd me on Twitter like about the stickers. And I'm like, why are you DMing me? Like, I'm just like a... Right. Like, like, okay. So for, for another time, the way you get the stickers is you screenshot anything from the sub. That means the email, the podcast, the siesta our own Twitter, whatever it is. Then you tag us in your, you post it in your Instagram story and you tag us at Betches underscore sup. And then you DM us your mailing address and we will send you the stickers Yes, and they will arrive in the mail via us postal service. If you just tweet stickers, please to our Twitter account. I can't do, I can't, I don't know where you are. (laughs) I, I can't send you the stickers. I want you to have them and you deserve to have them, but yeah. I can't send them to you because I do not know where you live. Yes. Yeah. So with that, this um, has been the Betches Sup podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So like we, like Sammy said, just reiterating, keep an eye out for our video. It's coming, we're coming September 20th. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, can't wait for you all to see that. All right, guys, until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Rance. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Smith. And this was the Betches Sup podcast. Yay. Batches.